Welcome to day 326 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. And of course, uh, Scripture is full of a wonderful drama of the work of God as He redeems and reconciles His people. And we're in the book of Acts, which is kind of where we come in in the story. This is the story of God working in His Spirit uh, through Christ's followers in the church. And we've seen the wonderful portraits of the conversion, you know, of, of Saul. And also, uh, the gospel taken, you know, the very first time into a, a Gentile home. And it's a story that's told with such vivid detail that just lays a marker for us to come back to time and time again that the promises of Abraham are, are being fulfilled, that God is blessing all people uh, through the gift of his, his Holy Spirit. So as we continue through this, uh, we come, we go back to Jerusalem. We find Peter back in Jerusalem. And, and again, we see God's hand guiding his church, protecting his message. And uh, taking it to the end of, end of the world. Uh, we did miss, you know, yesterday talking about uh, the idea that in Antioch there's a new label. Uh, there's no longer, you know, just the Jewish faith, uh, but for the first time in Antioch, they're, they're called Christians or those who, uh, as Katie said, belonging to Christ, reflecting the character of Christ. The thing that marks them out is when we look at the church, we see Christ. Mm. And uh, what an incredible a vision and hope that we would have that if people look at us they would see him mm. so we come to um, Acts chapter 12 before we read uh, Matt why don't you, you lift us up in prayer yeah, let's pray Father we do come to you expectant to, to hear from you um, to worship you and enjoy you through your word Father we thank you for the grace we have in Christ Jesus um, the fellowship that we share in him and and Father, we ask that it would be a rich time together as we um, hear your voice through your word. Um, God, would you use it to strengthen us and encourage us? Um, Father, would you cause us to be a people who are full of the Holy Spirit and of faith? Um, Father, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 12. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church and intended to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with sword when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He stuck Peter on his side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, and the angel told him. Peter followed him out of prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by themselves, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything that the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who is called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the uh, outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came and answered the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. 
You're ahead of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards in order that they be executed. Then Herod uh, went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. He had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. After securing the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robe, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten with worms, and he died. But the, Lord, but the word of God continued to spread and flourish. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Interesting, uh, you know, interesting juxtaposition here. It uh, you know feels like he's winning by persecuting the church. He's uh, taking the life of uh, you know James, and in doing so, you know, he feels like that. This is a great way to win approval. He, he tries to do that with Peter, and, and the details were remarkable. Four squads of four soldiers each. He's chained, you know, to you know, to guards. What God does here, you know, is absolutely incredible. And of course, you have the church praying. Uh, but when they see the answer to their prayer, they're going, no way. <laughs> did, that <laughs> really, did that really happen? Uh, so it's a wonderful you know, section all the way all the way through. You just see the pride of Herod and compared to just the power of God, even as powerful as Herod is, it is nothing compared to what God is able to do um, with Peter getting him out of prison, but also just he, he cannot stop the gospel from moving forward and i love i love that note at the end of that chapter it's so cool but the word of god continued to spread and flourish and that's right after he gives us the details of herod's death and, and again that is that's a big theme that you're going to find in, in in the book of acts it's not without difficulty it's not without persecution it's not without calamity it's not you know, even without tragedy uh, but in spite of it all, God working through his people by his spirit, his purposes are being carried out. And, and uh, you can even speak of it as the word that he has for us is, is growing and flourishing in us. Uh, it, is a, it is a great theme. And of course, you know, when you know, uh, Herod brings uh, you know, these two you know, client states to their knees, you know, threatening their food supply, and them coming in and seeking terms of peace and hiring a lawyer and going through all of these processes, you know, he's thinking to himself how powerful and how uh, omnipotent he is. And so he gets in his royal robes and speaks in the very best intonations of his voice. And the people are probably not in any sincerity at all, but, uh, you know, coming back to him, wow, you, you sound like God when you speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because he, he heard their acclaim, uh, God said, "Let me let me just kind of touch you in a mild way, mm-hmm. and let you know that you have no power." Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the same happens any time we would assume glory for ourselves and power for ourselves. We've usurped something that belongs to Him and Him alone, mm-hmm. and we ought to be people who not rejoice in the power and the glory of who we are, 
you know, even as, you know, as a, as a people, uh, but uh, people who rejoice in, in the power of Christ, which is a power that's manifest through weakness mm-hmm. and, and through death. Yeah. And if there is any power that we've seen throughout, you know, the book of Acts resting in the church would be the power that's gifted to them through prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even, the, the, I love that theme that we've seen throughout Acts so far and and I think at times I miss it, and maybe we all miss it as we read mm-hmm. Acts, because we see these miracles taking place, and we say, "Man, I want I want to see God do this. I want to see God deliver these things." And you know, and we focus so much on the deliverance here that we miss. I mean, how many times it says, you know, the church was earnestly praying to God for Him. But there were many people who had gathered and were praying, and that's what the description that Luke's been painting throughout Acts mm-hmm. up to this point so far is the church is a church that prays, you know, and enjoys. Um, having the ear of the Father. And, and so I, you know, just remind, for me as I'm reading this, and just being reminded um, of that mark of the church, that the church is a praying church. And, and you know, what would it look like for us today to continue you know, in that extension, that we would continue to be a people who are marked, marked out by prayer, um, very, whether God rescues uh, or he doesn't. Uh, very seldom would you describe our meetings as they were all together praying to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you know this is something that Luke has emphasized even in the person of Christ, uh, the fact that he would often withdraw into a lonely place you know, and pray. And so the power, power of God, even resident in Christ, is, uh, is tied to fellowship with the Heavenly Father, and how much more so yeah. you know, for us. So we've talked about being full of the Holy Spirit as being a marker of, of the church, but there's just this glorious entry into, and by prayer, you know, we don't, we're not simply talking about desperation, putting our needs before God, but just this glorious entrance into the presence of God in which they hear his word and respond to him, uh, you know, in joyful prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, and confession, you know, everything that prayer involves is we're taught what it means from the Psalms, but it's just this active communion with God and sometimes ours is a very passive communion with God we get together to talk about God uh, not to be in fellowship yeah. with him and sometimes God answers our prayers in the way that we have prayed them and other times he he answers them in ways that you know he's he says no this is the answer you know sometimes he says yes sometimes he says no but I, I, it strikes me too you know that no it's just so quick he had James, the brother of John, put to death, you know, with the sword. And then it just keeps going through the story. No doubt the church had been praying for him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, we don't get any reasons why, you know, in this moment. Like Luke's just recording details. No. But sometimes God permits and, and sometimes God, say, you know, steps in and, and rescues. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and yet we're called to be faithful we, in both we, in God's we, good. And we both. do not, you know, pray, you know, to, you know, to acquire or to get what we want. We pray in order for God to have what he wants in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, we pray as, you know, uh, one out of sheer delight that we've been given that privilege of an audience with God, but also in sheer dependence, knowing that anything of value comes from his presence in us and our fellowship with him mm-hmm. you know, is a marker of that. No, it makes me think of, you know, Paul later writing to the church um, in, in Ephesians, you know, in chapter three, we have that really, beautiful phrase you know he talks about now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is work at work within us to him be glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations you know forevermore amen yeah. obviously yeah. to know me is to know that that's my favorite benediction i mean it's astounding yeah. uh you know that our god is a is a is a, is a god who is a uh exceeds the borders of uh 
of our imagination. Uh, and he exceeds the borders of our imagination, not just simply in his power and glory, but he receives the borders, exceeds the borders of our imagination in his power at work in us in order to transform us into the image of Christ. And of course, that's done through suffering, and it's also done through rescue. And we see both suffering and rescue in, in this passage. Father, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for who you are. We thank you for your sovereignty. Uh, we thank you that. Uh, Many times you answer our prayers exactly as we have voiced them, and there are times that you and your sovereignty lead us into a place that we wouldn't go and into experiences that we wouldn't have, and yet in those you form Christ in us every bit as profoundly as you do in, in those situations where we get an immediate relief. We, we thank you that those things are in your hands and that we trust your power at work in us. Thank you for the privilege of coming into your presence and fellowship. And Father, forgive us for... Uh, making light of that. You're a good God. Amen. Amen.